0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. I want you to open your Bible with me to Psalm chapter 40. And um, I just want to share some thoughts that I think are really important for the beginning of the year. you know, quite frankly, at the risk of, of sounding cliché, I've always avoided speaking about resolutions at the beginning of the year because I feel like it's so cliché. But I'm going to talk about resolutions today. <laughs> and there's a, a very specific I, I, spiritual reason for it. Just this past week, I was looking in Wall Street Journal has an article about financial resolutions. New York Times has an article about technology resolutions. There are countless articles about health and uh, eating resolutions. And the interesting thing is, is that Psychology Today, a magazine, says that only 8% of our New Year's resolutions are actually fulfilled. That is a 92% failure rate. Oh snap! Right. In fact, in fact, look at what this article in Psychology Today actually said about. I was blown away by this. Look at what it, uh, uh, it says. It says resolutions are a form of cultural procrastination, an effort to reinvent oneself. People make resolutions as a way of motivating themselves. People aren't ready to change their habits, particularly bad habits, and that accounts for the high failure rate. Little more. It says another reason is that people set unrealistic goals and expectations, everyone say expectations, in their resolutions due to false hope syndrome. They even have a name for this. False hope syndrome which means their resolution is significantly unrealistic and out of alignment with their internal view of themselves. And so even though lots of people, every single year there are articles that come about the same, and the truth of the matter is, and I believe this is because all people want a new start at the beginning of the year because they recognize it's a new year. Everyone loves a new start, and everyone, deep down inside, whether you're a Christian or not, we have all—we all have a seed inside of, inside of us that that basically says to us, "You were made for more. You were made for better." I believe that's that's the God. The Bible says He's placed eternity in our hearts, but we know it not. You see. And so because we're made in the image of God, because we've been created by God, there's something in us. It's inside of us that we want to do better. We want to live for a higher purpose and in, and in higher ways. And yet, this is the key, people and the world, the reason that they make resolutions is because they don't understand grace. The reason people make resolutions is because they don't understand grace. Look at what the Bible says. This is foundational to our walk with God. This is Christianity 101, but a lot of people struggle more with this than they realize. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians. It says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. It's by grace. And this is not your own doing No one can resolve their way into heaven. No one can resolve their way and and stand before God and be right. No, we are saved by grace through faith, okay? And it says, this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not by works. Everyone say, not by works. So that no one can boast. And so here we have these two contrasting principles. One principle is the principle of self-effort, of resolution. And even the world says that people make resolutions that they really can't keep. Okay? And then on the other side... On the other side, you have the Bible saying, listen, we are saved by grace through faith. It's not our own doing. It's actually the gift of God. It's not our own works, our own resolutions. It's not our own energy. It begins with Christ. It's carried on by Christ, and it ends with Christ. It's Christ and Christ alone. How many know only God is the one who can do the work in us and through us on our lives? Now, a lot of of Christians, many times, a lot of Christians, they understand that when you get saved, when you give your life to Christ, it's by faith. We're saved by grace through faith. What is grace? Grace is God doing for you what you could never do for yourself. Okay? Grace is God doing for you what you could never do for yourself, and most people accept grace. The grace of God when they accept Jesus because they understand that Jesus was the only one who could die for them. However, what happens with a lot of Christians is that even though they accept God by grace, they live by works. They live by resolution. They live by self-effort instead of understanding that it begins with the power of God okay, it's only the power of God, it's only the strength of God. We can't do it in ourselves. We do have a role to play, but we can't do it in ourselves. Only God can do it. And what I want to do is I want to read a verse to you which is really unique and very, very insightful. This is one of those verses in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that when you read it, there is so much more to it than actually what it says, okay? So I'm gonna lay out an argument here, but there's a lot of important stuff in these couple of verses that were written by David. David is a unique uh, um, Bible character, in my opinion, in the sense that David was in the Old Testament, but David was a guy that even though he lived in the Old Testament, and Old Testament living, listen very closely, okay, I gotta build an argument here. Old Testament living is life under God without Christ, okay? Life under God without Christ. When a person lives under God without Christ, then what they have to do is they have to apply their own energy and they have to try to fulfill, obey the law and fulfill the law, which we know in the history of Israel, they always failed. But see, Israel kept making resolutions. If you go throughout the Bible, i just finished reading in the, the book of Joshua. At the end of the book of Joshua, people said, no, we're going to serve God. And then after the book of Joshua, the worst spiritual period in the history of Israel, which was the book of Judges, it says everyone did what was right in their own eyes. That was on the heels of a resolution, a national resolution They said, we're gonna serve God, just like you did Joshua, we're gonna serve God, and then it ends up being a gigantic mess for many, many years. Now David was one of those characters who got a revelation from God that even though he was under the Old Testament, under the law, God gave, gave him a revelation of what walking with God would be like, okay? When Christ had come to the earth and lived a perfect life, and gone to the cross and went into the grave and then rose from the dead in power. There is so much here to what we are about to read. And so, so now I want to go ahead and, and, and uh, open this passage to just a couple of verses, but there's a lot here. Let's take this in. So look at what David said, okay? In contrast to resolutions, this is what David said. David said, sacrifice and offering You did not desire, but my ears you have opened, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require, okay? Then I said, here I am, I have come, it is written about me in the scroll, I desire to do your will, my God, your law is within my heart, So here's what David is saying. I want to pray in a moment, okay? But here's the beginning of it. This is what lines up with resolutions. In the Old Testament, when people wanted to be better, when people wanted to please God, one of the things they knew they had to do is they had to give sacrifices and offerings. They had to give, they have to give burnt offerings and sin offerings. They would sacrifice animals. They would bring sacrifices of all kinds. There were peace offerings and fellowship offerings and sin offerings and burnt offerings. They would offer those things, and they had to do it over and over and over again because the, the, the forgiveness that that's, those sacrifices provided were temporary. those were just examples of the coming of Christ. And so look at what David says, even though Christ wouldn't come for perhaps a thousand years or so, but still God gave him a revelation. And I'm praying that he'll give us that revelation today in a fresh way and in a new way for 2017. He says, look. No matter what we do, no matter what we resolve, that you don't desire that and you don't require that because you already know that we can't do it. He says, he says, but my ears you have opened. But my ears you have opened. Here I am, I have come, here I am. I have come. It is written about me in your scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. So here's what David is saying. I'm going to give you the title to the message and then break this down. David is saying it's not in the resolution of sacrifices. It's in something else. And then here's what he said. He said, but my ear, you have opened. He didn't say I have opened it. He says, my ear, you have opened. In a moment, you'll see one of the translations says, but my ear, you have pierced. And I want to, in a very simple way, in the next few moments, I want to suggest to you today that instead of making resolutions in 2017, what we need to do is pray a prayer of faith that says, God, give me an open ear. God, give me an open ear. David understood that it's not about trying to offer sacrifices. It's not about trying to be better. David understood it's not about what we do. It's about what God does in us. Okay? If you want 2017 to be the best year of your life, the most powerful spirit-led year of your life, just know this, God has to do the work. You can't do it. And by the way, isn't it great news that all we need to do is reach out and seek him in faith and then he does all the work. Come many are thankful that he who begins the good work will carry it on to completion? So I know that you don't understand what an open ear means yet, but I want you to pray, God, give me an open ear. Because this was a powerful revelation. And by the way, this, here's the last thing I'll say, okay? This is the difference between Christians that soar in God and Christians that it's just, they just go to church. In fact, I read an article this past week uh, about the son of a famous preacher, um, Tony Campolo's son, has just made a declaration that he's officially an atheist. After being in the ministry... So he was in the ministry, and now he's saying that he's an atheist. After his father, I heard his father preach. I heard him preach live. His father was a man of God, right? But just because his father was a man of God, that didn't mean that his son got a revelation of God. You see? And so his son says in the article, I like doing the good things that Christians do. I just don't believe in God. How does that happen, guys? You see, how does that happen? Here's how it happened. Okay, somewhere along the way, God never really opened his ear. He served God out of duty, he served God out of religion, he served God out of the demands of the law. Some people come to church because they ought to, but when they get here, they don't know they're not really in love with Jesus. You see? And so one of the things I always, you know, it was a challenge for us. I thank God my kids are serving God. But, but the thing that we always prayed is, my kids won't serve God because I'm a pastor. Lord, they need their own meeting with God. You have to open their ear. I can't open their ear. I can't, I can't talk my kids into serving God. I can't do it. I can try to live a good life and all that kind of stuff. But, Lord, it's a one-on-one And you know what David said? David said, my ear, you have have opened. And I want to pray today, oh God, for 2017, let me live a year with my ears open. So I delight to do your will and so that your law is in my heart, just like David said. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness last year. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for every meal. Thank you for every bill that was paid. And Lord, thank you for all the wonderful things that you did. But God, more than all of those things combined together, thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you that we know you, Lord God, and that you know us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's nothing more wonderful than knowing you. And God, as we look down the road of this coming year, should you tarry, God, If you choose not to come back in 2017, and oh, how we pray that you would. Lord, we ask that you would give us an open ear. So that we would delight in your will. And so that your word would be found deep inside of our hearts. Bless this word now, bless the next few moments. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, Amen, amen. And so what we're going to talk about now is a prayer of faith, a prayer that says, Oh, Lord, open my ear. Now, when David said, open my ear, what was he talking about? Because remember... Remember that this was, this was uh, in contradiction to the, to the system of making offerings and sacrifices. He was like, no, instead of offering and sacrifices, what you desire is faith in the offering and in the sacrifice that your son has made. Okay? So if we're going to pray this prayer of faith, what we have to understand first and foremost is that faith is, recognizes that we can't be better. Can't. Everyone say can't. Look, sacrifices, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, burnt offering and sin offerings you did not require. What he's saying is, is our trying to be better in 2017, it won't cut it, it won't make it. Okay. Now the Christian understands, David understood this prophetically. He understood things about the Messiah, but we understand because we know the reason that we can't be better is because Jesus came to the earth and Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. He was the perfect offering. Jesus was the burnt offering. He was the sin offering that did that God did desire. It was the one that he did require. He was perfect. We're not perfect. He live the perfect life so that even though we couldn't live the perfect life he was perfect and he offered himself and that and that offering it made us free and clean we don't have to offer offer sacrifices it'll never get better than jesus the perfect sacrifice has already been offered hallelujah it's already been done for us what does that mean that means that Jesus has already done what needs to be done for you and I to be accepted by God. Okay, when you think about pleasing God, how many know Jesus has already done it? See, in 2017, faith understands, you can't be better, but you can be closer. And if you're closer, If you're closer, okay, then by the power of the Spirit, then the power of the Spirit will make you better. You see? So you could say, man, my marriage is so jacked up. Okay, don't raise your hand. (laughs) (laughs) My marriage is so jacked up. Be a husband or a wife. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better husband. No. Sacrifice and offerings. He doesn't require. Jesus already did that. But you could say, God, open my ear. Because if you open my ear about my marriage, then I will be better. Now, remember, this passage of Scripture, there's a lot to it. So here's what they understood that we don't understand because we didn't grow up in the Jewish culture. This this. Open my ear, you've opened my ear, it has kind of like a two-sided meaning. The first meaning goes back to, in the Old Testament, to the year of Jubilee. How many know what the year of Jubilee is? I'm just curious. If you know it, raise your hand if you don't. Okay, so, all right, a lot of you don't know this, and I'll just give you just a two-minute explanation. In the Old Testament, there was every 50 years, at a certain point when they became a nation, every 50 years, God said, this is the year of Jubilee. Remember, all things in the Old Testament are really arrows pointing to Jesus. So every 50 years is the year of Jubilee. On the 50th year, whoever was in debt, whoever was a slave because of their debt, okay, whoever had sold property because they were in debt and had to give up all kinds of stuff, on the year of Jubilee, everything was returned back to them. Everything was given back. Every slave was set free, who was Jewish, right? Every slave was set free, and it was called the year of jubilee, and at that 50-year mark, people would celebrate, even if, even if you became a slave uh, uh, two years before, some people was 30 years, but even if it was two years before, for something that deserved 30 years of slavery, it doesn't matter. When the 50-year mark came, that was the year of jubilee, and that slave was set free. That is a type of Christ because when Christ came to the earth, when he lived that perfect life that we could never live, when he went to the cross, when he rose from the dead in power, then that became the year of Jubilee for all of us. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to this world. We are free. And when the sun sets free, it's free indeed. Hallelujah. But here's what that means. Even though the Christian is free, Here's what it means. At that time, if someone was, a, was a, the master of a slave and he says, okay, you're free now. If that slave loved the master, you know what he could say? He could say, listen, I know I'm free, but I don't want to be free. This is the truth. This is our spiritual heritage. He says, I know I'm free, but I don't want to be free. I love being under you, you know not all masters are wicked. Not all masters are oppressive. That's Jesus is the master, he's the Lord who is kind and loving and wonderful. He's the one that even though you don't have to walk with him, you wanna walk with him because he is so, so good. How many would say amen? amen? So listen, so listen, here's what this means. What would happen is, is the person would say to the master, I know that I'm free. But I still want to be your slave because I love you. And what they would do is they would, the master had to take the slave, the used-to-be slave, he used to have to take him to the doors of the temple, listen closely, he would take him to the doors of the temple and then he would get something called an, uh, an owl. It's like a long, like a long pin, almost like an earring. And right in front of everyone at the doorpost, he would put his ear at the doorpost, and he would nail it through the ear. And, that, and he had that thing in his ear, and it was saying, You know what? I'm a love slave. I belong to him, not because I have to belong to him, but because I want to belong to him. And you see, David, he said, You opened my ear. And if you want to have a blessed year, you want to have a really blessed 2017, just say to the Lord, Lord, pierce my ear. let Make me your love slave, God. I want to follow you all of this year. I give up my future. I give up my dreams. I give up, I give up promotions. I give up, I give up listening to all of the other voices. God, pierce my ear because I want to be close to you all of 2017. I just want to serve you. I just want to love you. How many know, how many know if you become a love slave to Jesus in 2017, how many know this will be the best year of your life? The best year. You see, we think, we, we desire all of these things. And we go after them and we go after them. Meanwhile, all we have to do is stay with him. And then he'll give us everything that we need according to his riches and his glory. He can make this the most amazing year. But you know what? He, 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 who he really blesses is those who say, God, I want to be your love slave in 2017. I just want to love you, God. I just want to be close to you, God. I want to surrender to you. That's a challenge, isn't it? Isn't it? Come on, come on, come on! You guys aren't like running around the building or anything, right now, are you? You see, but think about this. We're gonna. I got one more thing to say. We're gonna close. It has a lot to do with this verse. It has a lot to do with this verse. We just sang, Jesus, we love you. You're the one our hearts adore. That love slave said, said, I want you to be my master. I want you to be the one that leads me and that guides me. I wanna stay close to you. Pierce my ear. Now here's the second thing, and this is why this is such a challenge. The second meaning of this is more literal, which is, you have opened my ear. You've given me an open ear. And that literally, in the, in the Hebrew, it means you have dug out an ear. Okay? Like you've taken something and you've dug out an ear. Now, if you really think about this, this really speaks to, uh, even today, um, because sometimes we get some nasty stuff in our ears. I talked about this last service and people, this is a kind of nasty illustration, but you know, I had a buddy of mine who was having problems with his ears, it's a true story. He's having real problems with his ears so he went to the ear doctor and you know what they did? They flushed his ear. And he told me what came out of my ear was so, I know it's nasty. <laughs> you know, he had like a, like a sweet potato farm in there, I don't know what it was. It was nasty. You know, his ear was clogged up, nasty, right? You see? And after they cleaned out his ears, all of a sudden, his headaches, all of this stuff went away and started to hear well. Isn't it amazing when you clean out your ears? Well, here's what he said. He said, you dug out a spiritual ear for me. When God, when he said, you gave me an open ear, what David was saying is, I know what a fleshly guy I am. I know how carnal I am, but see, sometimes the spirit, not sometimes, all the time, the spirit has to come and he has to carve out the flesh, and the junk because some of us we have ears, we have an ear for the world, we have ear for the flesh, we have ear for for this and ear for that but the Holy Spirit is able to come and to carve out an ear that when we carve out, when God carves out our ear, he does the work not us, when he carves out that ear, all of a sudden his word begins to flood our heart and we not only desire to do his will but all of a sudden it's like his will is inside of us and we follow God but we don't need to do the work. All we need to do is say, God, would you dig out an ear for Amen. me? Yes. Would you dig out an ear? Would you, would you, Lord, go ahead and clean that wax out? I love the Bible, how true it is. Do you realize, brothers and sisters, that in 2017, we could start this year by saying, God, Clean all that carnal flesh out of me, oh God. Put the verse up and here's the last thing and then we're gonna gonna close. Look, it says, but my ear you have opened. So the first side of this is when God pierces our ear, what happens? We actually desire to do the will of the Father as opposed to our own will. Secondly, it says, my God, Your law is within my heart. When God digs out the ear, okay, all of a sudden, he puts his word in our hearts. And when his word is in our heart, how many of you know his word is powerful? His word is able to make us victorious, to make us holy, to make us loving, to make us the kind of husband, the kind of wife, the kind of, the kind of single person, the kind of whatever it is that you're asking God. The Holy Spirit, by his power, when he works inside of us, he's able to put the word of God, the living word of God, deep inside of us so that we could live out what he's put in. We can actually live out what he's put in, but it all begins with, God, I love you, give me an open ear. Now, here's the last thing I'll say, and then we're going to close. You know, when I first got saved, this is 30 years old. When I first got saved, first time, I remember in the beginning when I first started going to the Brooklyn Tabernacle, okay, I started meeting Christians. I grew up in the world, okay, I did not grow up in, in kind of like this environment. You know, I didn't know Father Abraham songs and all that jazz. You know, I, I came from sin. So I remember going to church and starting to meet Christians and being like, oh, snap, and starting to get like real Christian friends, which was bizarre to me. Because these people loved God, they lived clean lives, they had fun, they had all this stuff, and they weren't living in sin like I used to live in sin. Plain and simple, okay. I used to think, if you're not living in sin, you're not enjoying life. And these people, their lives was 20, 100 times better than my life. And I couldn't get it, right? I, I was like, oh, snap. These people are the real deal. And I'll never forget this. So we were, I was starting to meet some friends. And that day, the pastor, who happens to be my, my father-in-law now, That day, the pastor called up one of the girls that I had just met, and he called her up, and I think she gave a testimony. She got up, she took the mic, and she spoke for three or four minutes, and then she prayed. I don't know exactly what she did, but I remember thinking, oh, snap, that's a real, like, woman of God. She's really, like, spiritual or godly or there's something. These people are the real deal, and then I looked at her, and I thought about myself, and maybe this has happened to you, and I said... God, do you play favorites? Why is she like that? Okay? And then I used to look at my father-in-law, Pastor Simba, and he would stand in the pulpit, and I used to say, God, you like him more than you like me. Come on, have you ever had that feeling? Come on, tell the truth right now. Okay? I've got news for you. Okay? I want to declare something to you. All right? God never, ever, ever plays favorites. He loves us all the same. He has a beautiful plan. He wants to fill you with his word. He wants you to shine so that people look at you and say, oh, that's God's favorite. I love, God loves that person. God cares for that person. He never plays favorites. Hallelujah. But, but. There are people who say Lord give me an open ear. You see, there are people that will say give me an open ear. Women, men, right here, right now. Right here, right now that will say God give me an open ear. And God will say oh, you want me to be in charge of 2017? Okay, watch. God, just give me an open ear. I want to be your love slave in 2017. Dig out my ear. I want to hear your voice before I hear the voice of the world. I want to hear your voice before I hear the voice of my flesh. I was joking. Uh, la- listen, I was joking to You know, we started this fast, Right? So yesterday I did the cardinal rule of going into a fast is the day before the fast, don't eat too much. So what did I do yesterday? There were like sweets around. I was just (laughs) I weighed so much, I ate so much, it was crazy. So this morning we had a powerful worship service. Chrissy came down. I was so blessed, and Chrissy came home and said, Wasn't that wonderful? Yeah, honey, this and that. And I turned and said, Honey, I said, I'm hungry. She said, you were eating too much yesterday, weren't you? Right? So look, we can live trying and craving and doing things in our own effort. And when we do that, it's just going to be the flesh. Or this is actually why we're fasting. Part of the reason why we're making room is because we're saying, God, we want to be cleaned out of all the chunk. And we want to be filled with, your, with a desire to do your will. And with, a, with your word, God, fill my heart with your word, oh God. And if we'll just say, God, a prayer of faith says, give me an open ear. Stop trying. Just say, God... Give me an open ear, pierce my ear, open my ear, dig out an ear for me in 2017. And then the blessings of heaven will flow. It may not be everything that we exactly want, but how many know that everything that we want is not always the best thing for us? But in 2017, you will be blessed and you will receive the absolute best from God because God doesn't give us cheap stuff. He gives us the best stuff. Amen. And Lord, that's what we've done today. And Father, I pray that every day of this year, that Lord, even though our songs may have different words, I pray that the meaning would be, say, be the same. Jesus, we love you, God. You're the one that our heart adores, oh God. Help us to love you all this year. And God, we believe you. Father, to the left, to the right. Come on, take someone's hand again. Here's how we'll close. We pray for for your richest blessings. We pray for an amazing harvest. God, we pray for a harvest today, oh God. A harvest all the year long, oh God. We pray for blessing upon blessing upon blessing on your people. God, you're going to even make the hard places, the hard pathways, the places of abundance, oh God. Bless the church. Bless your people, oh God. Bless the body of Christ. Bless the families of the children of God, we pray, oh God. We trust you to do it, and we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together.